Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Mailbags. Mailbag episode. We're going to talk about somebody who wrote in who said that their partner was just using them for sex. We want to talk about two pursuers. Isn't that every pursuer's fantasy? And some more. We'll be right there with you. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. All right, Lori. So our first write-in this week is from a woman who fears that um, her partner is using her for sex. She is 27 years old. He is 29. They're engaged and just moved in together. She talks a little bit about feeling hyper-sexualized as a woman in society and how she feels about that and gets triggered by that a lot. But then she writes that, My partner is feeling none of my buckets. I know his love languages are affection and quality time. And I thought mine were too, but lately I've been wanting words, gifts for him to put his phone down and help me with the dishes or cooking, etc. Even quality time and affection. I never go out unless I say something. We never go out unless I say something. And the only time he ever kisses or caresses me is when he wants to have sex. Foreplay is minimal to non-existent. We almost always have to use lube and I never get off. Uh, which leads me to my question. If my partner is not investing in me in any way except sex, Is it crazy to think he is just not interested in me? He says that that's not true, but all signs point to him using me for sex. He's committed to me in terms of loyalty, and obviously we are getting married. There's a lot more that I could say. Things like, I'll mention being excited about spending my life with him, and he'll smile and say, yeah. And I'll say, yeah, and smile back, and he will then say, that's good. And never says anything like that to me. I don't know if any of this is coherent. I'm a little distraught. So where would you start here, Lori? with these two kids. Ah, yeah, tough. So first of all, it sounds like she's an emotional pursuer and he's an emotional distancer, but a sexual pursuer. Mm -hmm. So I I think, you know, this is something that is kind of on my mind and I've been thinking a lot about it because we've been talking with the EFT community, the Emotionally Focused Therapy community about is there such a thing as a sexual pursuer who actually has the impetus toward belonging, connection, and love that is expressed and felt more in the body? Or is the emotional withdrawal just using sex to kind of numb out and have a sensory experience, not an emotional experience? And she's young, and I think one of the things that has happened is that is really a difference here is they've moved in together. Mm-hmm. You know, And when we move in together with somebody there's a change of space and distance. And she's just recognizing in some ways how how many ways they, they, ha- they have so much to work out, right? You know, her longing and her desire for more and more is 
coming clear to her. You know, I want more time with him. I want more words. I want gifts. I want more help. You know, actually, I need more than just time and affection and sex. I need more from him. She's really feeling that. And potentially, he's feeling just the opposite. You know, like, ah, I'm in this claustrophobic situation. You know, I don't have my own space. I can't get away. And, you know, she's, you know, asking him things like, basically, do you love me? Or I'm so looking forward to spending my life with you. And, And he replies with a minimal affirmation. And so, I mean, I think that this is the collision of two lives coming together. Yeah. They're not yet married, but, you know, they are living together and it's it's part of marrying. Now they have married space. They have potentially married money. They previously married bodies. I mean, this is part and parcel of the process that we go through when we join lives is oftentimes one person experiences their need for separateness very vividly. And the other person suddenly goes, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm with you for life. I want to really make sure you're there for me. You're going to be there for me in all these different ways. So, you know, this is part of the process. Um, and many people go into marriage or go into living together and have this same collision, right? Like, uh-oh, I married the wrong person. They don't really want to be with me. Or the other person is thinking, uh-oh, you know, I married the wrong person. All they want to do is control me and drain me. It's really, I mean, it's the pursuer distancer problem. It is. And it also sounds like she is very classic. And what I mean by classic is we hear this often of feeling like he is just using her for sex. I think uh, emotional pursuers often feel like that. They do. And particularly female emotional pursuers. Mm-hmm. And that she mentions it, but dismisses this idea of how she feels about being a, a woman in a hypersexualized society and the pressure that that puts on her. And that's that's not small to me in this case, mm-hmm. right? Because it is going to feel like any sexual advance he makes on her, that that's all that he is wanting, right? Even if he just wants to be affectionate with her, she's going to feel that pressure to have sex, and I'm not saying he, he I'm sure he needs to change the way that he is approaching that, um, especially as a emotional distancer. But I don't know. I could tell you like like so many of my couple clients, when we actually start to unpack this and talk about this, he is actually wanting he's he is honest in what he's saying. He's not just trying to use her for sex. Sex is connection for him, but he's also not every move that he is making um, in terms of affection or physical touch is a move to actually have sex. But the perception is that because of that, that that is what is happening there. And so partly it sounds like she is trying to make moves to get him indirect moves to try to get him to express these other and express these other areas of, of what she's calling love languages mm-hmm. to be more affectionate, um, to be, spend more time with her, to put down his phone, right, rather than directly talking about them. Right. Um, and so, it, but it, what's get what I think is getting in her way is her is this perception that he is only using her for sex. And so I don't think it's wrong that she feels that way, but I don't know that it's completely accurate. I don't know that it's completely true. Yeah. You know, that this his sexual desire for her is his impetus toward connection. Yeah. And it sounds like he's a poor communicator. He, Absolutely. he uses the body and sex to connect and potentially feel love. And she's looking for words that are affirming that say, you know, he loves her and she's not getting that. I mean, this is... 
a classic, unfortunately, a classic problem of couples who just begin in this process. I don't think this means they're with the wrong person. I think that a huge amount of development needs to happen. And that happens often in the process of a committed relationship. It's not easy. Yeah. It's really hard to be married. Absolutely. It's really hard to be committed to somebody. It's a growth process. It's a growing machine, essentially, you know, to develop yourself. And yeah, he sounds like he has a long ways to go. And so does she. Yeah. You know, she's not um, separated out and can't feel necessarily her own desire. You know, yeah. she's suddenly this, her, where did her desire go? You know, she used to have love and desire, affection and desire as part of her love language, and suddenly it's squelched. Yeah. You know, so that's something for her to examine. Like, why is that gone? Why can she not experience connection in her body and, and let that be reassurance to her? Yeah, and, um, I, and the only thing I would add to that is, I, I, obviously, I don't believe that you have to have all of your relationship issues worked out before you get married. Right. But if this is a question that she is honestly asking herself, or after herself, thirty years of marriage, yeah, that's right. Um, if she, if this is a question that she's honestly asking about whether, if she really believes that he is just using her for sex and doesn't have, she can't trust the things that she are saying, then please do not get married yet. Right, delay it. Like, put it off. Tell him that we need to work before we before we fully commit. We need to work these things out. Um, with ourselves, she mm-hmm. he has. She's mentioned that he has. She's he's loyal. She obviously still wants to marry him. But when she says all signs point to him using me for sex, that is not. If if that is, if you are truly believe that in your core, you're going. I just can't shake this off. I don't think he's just a sexual distancer. Don't get married. An like, emotional distancer. An emotion. I'm sorry. An emotional distancer, and is just using me for sex. Don't make don't make that commitment because that is something you you don't want to believe that that's all the good intention is then get stripped for him before you've even gotten married, mm-hmm. and it, you have to at least believe that it the that's the perception and you need to work on it. But that's not how he really feels. You have to at least trust that he's just a bad communicator. He's not really good at the emotional side of things, and that y'all can grow and work on those things together, just as you can work on the sexual side of the relationship as well. Yeah, I mean, this is a classic case for premarital counseling. Yes. I mean, premarital counseling reduces divorce by an obscene... Half. Half, yeah. It's half. By half. people. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also people who are thoughtful enough to do premarital counseling have a leg up on things, right? She also says here that foreplay is minimal and non-existent. Um, we always have to use lube. That's okay. Using lube is fine. It, it helps. It makes it feel more enjoyable and arousable. But then she says... You know, and I never reach orgasm. I never get off. And so, so why is that? I want to know, like, why is she not communicating maybe what she needs mm-hmm. sexually to get through to him? I think this is such a cluster of the typical problems that I see in young people. Mm-hmm. You know, all of them. It's a perfect you know, storm. It's a perfect storm. And yeah. I would love to say don't get married too, but I know oftentimes, you know, the down payments are made. I, I don't know that this really is any more difficult to resolve than most young couples are facing. Absolutely. I, mean, I don't I don't see any huge red flags. She says he's loyal, he loves her, he's committed. I mean, those are good I, character things. Yeah, but absolutely. Development wise, I mean, there's a lot here that needs to happen. And yeah, I think what I'm what I mean by that too, but about not getting married is I, I think they can resolve this. 
I think she has to just come back from the, I feel like he's only using me for sex as an extreme position. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. And so like, I feel like needing just a need to come back from that position and to see this for what you were just saying, mm-hmm. that it is this perfect storm of an emotional distancer meets an emotional pursuer and a sexual, a sexual pursuer meeting a sexual distancer and you're coming together and those patterns are getting formed, but you're not talking about them and you're ascribing a really bad intent mm-hmm. to your partner. Right. And so being able, so I would say to her, like, allow him the benefit of the doubt, Mm -hmm. right? And that, and then your problems begin to become a lot more workable. Yeah. The only way she sees him coming toward her is sexually. Yeah. And she wants to see him coming toward her in many ways. And potentially he wants her to be more verbal sexually and tell him, you know, how to make it better because this is where he feels the safest. And then from that, he can be more open emotionally. It's tough. We feel for you. I I remember when I got married, I told my husband, you know, about a year in, I said, wow, you know, if if we don't get help, you know, there's just, this was when we were happy still, but I had done all the reading and it was like, you know, this, this marriage thing, it's tough. Okay. So we're going to come back and talk about uh, we don't often see two pursuers in the same relationship so we're going to talk about that dynamic whoop, whoop. and maybe talk a little bit about porn so we want to remind all of you that we are thankful for the way you've shared the podcast we continue to grow it is our greatest honor when you share with a friend the work that we're doing and trying to help people uh, reframe their sexual life in a way that is understandable and not so mysterious so that they can make positive changes and strengthen their marriages and their partnerships. And I think the last thing we'd like to say is both of us are doing intensives. So if you would like to work with us, let us know and call our centers. You can find us at foreplayradiosextherapy.com. And if you like what we're doing and want to help support us, we'd love for you to rate and review us on iTunes and be super helpful for us. So thanks for listening. So two pursuers. So Andrew writes in and says, my wife and I have been married for 12 years and together for almost 17 as a couple. In that time, I don't think we've ever had a healthy and fluid sex life. It's never been consistently good and at times non-existent. Unfortunately, it started out kind of awkward and off and has since then for a long time never really gelled as we both sort of put our heads in the sand about it for so long. But now we want to address it and see if somehow we can Find our way to sexual glory. Sexual glory. That's going to be the name of our book, Next Lori. podcast, right. Sexual, sexual glory. glory. Oh, and also we have two small children, ages four and seven, which makes working on this even more challenging. Okay. We both listened to your podcast and we sort of discovered, surprisingly, that my wife is a sexual pursuer. But in our relationship, I have always been the pursuer both sexually and emotionally. My pursuing gets a bit intense, especially the emotional part. And I think that that makes her retreat. And I think in turn, I think that makes her not sexually attracted to me. Hmm. She told me that her past relationships before me were were really good sexually. She was the one who pursued, the one who needed and wanted sex more. However, those relationships were horrible in all other ways. But the sex was good. We have a very good relationship otherwise. We both are very emotionally open. We enjoy each other's company. We both love the same artistic hobbies and such and love each other very much. But the sex, it has never taken off, and I don't know why. My question to you is, 
Is there a way to reverse that dynamic? How can I let her be the pursuer sexually again? Uh, how would that work? Would that solve the issue? Or is there something else? Also, she's told me in the past that she wishes I were more confident and had more power, or maybe I was more sure of myself, I think in general, and in the bedroom. I'm wondering if our sexual compatibility is just so off. But it is, is it possible to achieve compatibility since we've never had it? I wish that we could start from scratch like a sexual do-over. Well, the good thing is you're married and you get to have a sexual do-over every day. Well, this guy has given me lots of good titles for books, podcast series, Sexual Glory, <laughs> But the Sex. I love that. But the Sex. Yeah, But the and Sex. Sexual Do-Over. Okay, so this totally destroyed my fantasy of what I was going to read in terms of two sexual pursuers. I think they, any listener out there is like, yeah, these aren't two sexual pursuers. Yeah, th I think that that's, there's something that's just a little bit off in the fact that if they're both se sexual pursuers, you would think their sex life would be a little more consistent right. um, and, and a not non-existent, right? But what he's saying is she has been in the past a sexual pursuer in crappy relationships and now in this really good solid relationship she's not and he's wondering is he the cause of that is somehow or another his emotional pursuit some of what is turning her off and what can he do about this don't you think do you think this is one of the thoughts that i've had lately when i'm thinking about and trying to help people understand the pursuer dynamic relationship is that they sometimes get the idea of pursuing mixed up with the idea of initiation mm -hmm. um, or that they get it mixed up with the idea that oftentimes, like maybe for this woman, I don't know, maybe, maybe that she used sex to make up for a bad emotional relationship. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't make her a sexual pursuer, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That make that she, you know, initiating sex or enjoying sex doesn't necessarily make you a sexual pursuer. It's that the the pursuit is the connection the, that you pursue connection through sex, and that that's that's why I feel like this is a little bit off because they're not they're not using sex as their as either one of them are using sex as their main connection point is what it sounds like. Would you okay. agree with that, or would you I, define that differently? I don't know that I'm getting that. Say that again. So why was she not a sexual pursuer before? It sounds like she did use sex as her sort of primary connector with these horrible relationships. Guys right, horrible but did she did she use that because that's her primary way of connecting, or because she because the when she knew when she had sex with these guys that they were nicer to her, mm -hmm. or they were in the their relationship was better if she had sex. I don't mm -hmm. think that that makes her a sexual pursuer necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not trying to debate those those nuances. I'm just saying I think people sometimes mistake when we're talking about pursuit and distance mm -hmm. um, and that cycle that they get caught up in. It's a lot of times not as overt as just requesting sex or requesting emotional connection. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the ways to think about it, too, is pursuers often end up being pressurers mm. and distancers are withdrawers. So when we're trying to solve the problems that accompany this, although I think there are good things with being a sexual pursuer, they are the ones who initiate often who present to their partner, you know, a plan to make life sexy and enjoyable and physically intimate and, you know, a feel-good plan. I mean, that's that's incredibly risky and vulnerable. But I think that sometimes where it goes offline is they start to pressure their partner in a way that makes their partner want to back up whether they want sex or not. Like, 
a sexual distancer is not somebody necessarily who doesn't want sex. I think what he's saying here is, you know, I'm aware now that uh, my wife does want sex. Okay, they they have kind of, they're two down right now with two small children. It's tough when you have small children to have as much easy sex. But that's that's what I was meaning is that just because she wanted sex and she had a good sex life with her partners doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. make her the sexual pursuer. Mm-hmm. However, she could be in in this relationship because it sounds like one of the things that's happening with him is um, where did he say that that his pursuing gets a bit intense. Yes, that his emotional pursuit gets a bit intense, which then makes her retreat and not as sexually attracted to mm-hmm. me. And he says she wishes for him to be more confident both potentially in the bedroom and other places as well. So, I mean, in my sense is what he's saying without saying it is that he thinks she reads him as needy, that his Mm. pursuit is being read as need. And that's not necessarily part of her masculine template, you know, so she's not as turned on by him needing. And this is, this is so tricky. And I got to say, dude, I really feel for you because there's part of, you know, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. To express your need and your want is somehow or another to be needy. And and that's that's not fair, really, right? Because we all have need and especially sexual need. Uh, so this is a really dicey thing to overcome. But I do think that it is overcomable. So how do we reverse that dynamic is really the question that she, he's asking us. What do we what do I do? Yeah, and I think one of the things one of the things that I'm wondering is if because of the way that he's talking about this and because of the neediness aspect and because of the way that she's been in other relationships if they if they are finding difficulty with her being a woman and being the sexual pursuer and that mm-hmm. maybe he is actually a sexual distancer and not as confident in that and that and being okay with that as a man that mm-hmm. he's more the emotional distancer mm-hmm. i think that it, like that to me is one of the the things that may that there's may just be an acceptance there that this is their dynamic and that's okay that uh, that's their I, dynamic no i think he's very clear that he's the sexual pursuer and i mean he feels need in both ways to be close to her to spend time with her is what it sounds like and to be sexually where do, intimate with her where do you hear where do you hear his sexual pursuit where is he? I know. Besides him just saying it, what in the di- in the dynamic that he's describing? Where is the actual sexual pursuit that he is doing? Well, certainly he's disappointed in the sex, mm-hmm. right? And oftentimes the sexual pursuer does express disappointment. So I guess that's that's what uh, I mean because <laughs> I'm right. I don't. I think he is the the sexual pursuer. I disagree. Okay, well, we, we don't know, but we do have to help with, you know, how to reverse the dynamic. How I, And I think that this dynamic is, what's insidious about it is, um, I think what men will hear is, right? Nice guys finish last, right? She's sexual with the jerk, and she's not sexual with me. And I think that that's really painful. And what I tell my sons is, you have to be a nice guy, and you have to be sexually assertive. You know, you you have to have that part. You have to let that part out that pursues sexually, but you have to have integrity, too. That's the only way around it. And it sounds like actually this guy's got it in my mind. But there's something about the way he approaches both emotionally and sexually that turns her off, that pressures her. So first, I would say a discussion like, look at 
you know, this is this is what I want in terms of sex. How does that match what you want? You know, maybe he says, you know, I want sex three times a week. And she's like, I would too, but no way, no how with small children. I just, I don't have the energy for that. I can't do that. And so if he's asking her on Wednesday and Friday and she's dead meat, you know, he's going to get a no, he's going to get pushed back and, and maybe he gets angry and pouts and is frustrated that's typically what happens with a sexual pursuer who is turned down regularly is they don't handle it all that well. And that's the pressure point. It's like not negotiated. And then there's the pressure point of, okay, I'm continuously disappointed and I'm going to let you know my disappointment by pouting. Yes. I, I would say, silent treatment. I, I would also say that after you've had that conversation, then go see a therapist that's going to help you or come to our retreat um, and let us help you map your dynamic mm-hmm. and what that is. Because I am—I know you're convinced. I'm not convinced that he's the sexual pursuer. And I think like what would happen is really understanding that dynamic and understanding which, where's the pursuit, where's the withdrawal, or whether there, where there's the pursuit and the pursuit over again. And then after a therapist, a qualified therapist helps you determine that, then you email us back and let us know whether Lori was right or whether I was right. <laughs> and then she's going to owe me 20 bucks. Okay. And that's the way that it's going to be helpful because I think they need to understand. Ex- I, I cannot figure out from this email what exactly their dynamic is. Because if he is feeling not confident, if she's wanting him to be more confident and have more more, more power and be more sure of himself, and that that's going to happen, then his intensity is coming. His intensity is coming out as need, but it's not coming out as sexual. It's not coming out as sexual pursuit. Okay. It's coming out as being like because neediness is not sexy, mm-hmm. and neediness is not often always like what it sounds like here is that it's emotional rather than sexual, and that that is a turnoff for her. But it's not fair, right? I mean, it's need, not fair. Yeah. Need is human. I think we need to help him express that need better for also take my quiz on awaken love and sex there you go dot com awaken love and sex dot com it's the love sex quiz that tells you and defines your style as the pursuer or distancer we do not keep the answers so we don't know anything about you after you take that quiz it, we do capture your email but um, take that quiz and see if this is exactly how you believe uh, if the quiz answers this question, are you truly both pursuers? And am I right? And Adam owes me 20 bucks. Thanks for listening. You can now call in your questions to the foreplay question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number four, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.